Hey everyone, welcome to The Orchard Podcast with Amy Hughes and Rachel Hughes. We hope this episode encourages and inspires you today. So welcome to The Orchard Podcast. We are in the third series. Um, Actually, I think this is the, I I don't want to say this is the final episode in case it isn't, but let's just go with that. Final episode. We have been looking at the women of the story. We've been taking a dive into the Old Testament and exploring uh, some of the amazing women that we found there. And that's what we've discovered. These women are amazing. And so today we are looking at Abigail. Oh, you can probably, oh no, they weren't very loud at that moment. Um, If you're listening to this, then you might not know that we're recording this live from Australia. They're very loud, aren't they? I like it. Uh, So yeah, g'day. That's that's all the Australian you're going to hear from me. Um, Shrimp on the barbie. No, I'll stop. I'll stop. Otherwise, I'll get carried away. They're like, (laughs) shut up now. Um, So that's all I'm going to say. We're Australia. It's been a blast. We are in the middle of our very first Orchard Conference here, uh, which is thoroughly exciting. So we're going to be looking at the life of Abigail. um, And she is to be found in the book of 1 Samuel uh, 25. So if you're in the room, Aussies, uh, you might want to open your Bibles. Uh, We're not going to read the whole chapter because it's long and it's actually got quite a lot of complicated names in it. And we try to avoid those at all costs. Um, But... We, um, we're going to give a synopsis in just a moment. Chapter 25, we always say this, if you're listening to this and you're running, driving, ironing, straightening your hair, maybe don't open the Bible for risk um, of hurting yourself, quite honestly. So we won't read the whole thing, but if you can't read the whole thing that now, maybe go back and just read through in detail. So little synopsis for those that are unfamiliar with the story of Abigail. David, we're in sort of King David territory. Uh, Saul is still around. He's not quite king, uh, but he's in the wilderness. Uh, He's on the run with his men. He's got about 600 men with him, uh, and they've run out of supplies because they're in the wilderness. Uh, And then they remember this guy called Nabal, um, and Nabal is loaded. Nabal has loads of money. It says in in the scripture he's wealthy. Uh, And it also turns out that David and his men protected Nabal's shepherds in the wilderness. They were grazing Nabal's sheep sheeps, sheep, uh, in the wilderness. And actually, David's men very sweetly protected the shepherds from you know, enemy attack, etc. So they're thinking, you know, we did Nabal a favor. He's loaded. He's nearby. We've run out of supplies. Why don't we go and ask Nabal if he will give us, you know, some stuff? And actually what we read is they don't, all all they say is, could you kind of give us whatever you've got left over sort of thing. So David sends 10 of his men to Nabal's household to ask for some food, some supplies. And Nabal says, who is this David? We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, And basically Nabal's like, no. I'm not going to give you any of my stuff. Why should I? Like, who's this David? Why should I give him my stuff? And slams the door in their faces. Well, it doesn't say that, but that's kind of what we assume happens. Uh, David's men go back to David. David is furious, we can assume. Again, doesn't say that exactly, but David's response is, right, strap on your swords. That's what it says. Uh, So we can only assume David's like, (laughs) how rude. Uh, In fact, he instructs his men, let's kill every man in the household. So we can assume he's pretty cross about it. So at the same time, a 
servant in Abigail and, David, um, and Nabal's household overhears this exchange between Nabal and David's, David's men. We also read, incidentally, that Abigail is intelligent and beautiful. I mean, resonate deeply with that statement. And we also learn that, that Abigail, on hearing uh, what the servant has to say about this exchange, the, the servant's clearly worried. He's like, I mean, I'm assuming the servant is a man, might not be, but the men in the household are about to get slaughtered by David's men. And so she acts quickly. That's what the scripture tells us. Uh, and I love this. She packs up. Have you, have you read the list of the picnic that Abigail packs? Like, you know, know how it's that you should never go to the supermarket when you're hungry. I feel like these verses should come with a warning. Like, never read these verses when you're hungry. She packs, like, raisin cakes and fig cakes and all this. If you like dried fruit, this is the picnic for you. So she packs this picnic, acts quickly. She doesn't tell her husband, interesting, come back to that, jumps on a donkey, rides down into the mountain ravine to David and his men, and she essentially persuades David not to kill them. And David is clearly impressed by her, by this speech. She gives this a really incredible speech. Uh, and he's convicted. And he ch she changes his mind. Uh, and so he stands his men down. Abigail then returns home, relieved that David and his men are not going to slaughter the household. She finds that Nabal is, has been drinking. He's, he's thrown this big party. He's drunk. And in the morning... Abigail then tells Nabal what she did. It clearly doesn't go down very well because Nabal has what we can only assume as a massive heart attack and then dies 10 days later. Um, and David's pretty pleased about this, which I think is a little insensitive, even if Nabal is an idiot, a bit insensitive, and then steals his wife. Yeah, David then marries Abigail. Synopsis over. Woo! We got very there. Very good. Well done, Rach. And so, essentially, we just want to draw out four themes, four themes that we see going on within this story. Yes, Th yeah. Don't, don't we, Amy? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. have you fallen asleep during my no, synopsis? Very good, very good, very good synopsis. Um, I love the name Abigail. Any Abigails, by the way, in the room? Oh, no Abigails. No, uh, we, Maybe not. we got a funny thing about the name Abigail. Oh, yeah, go on. What was that? Well, basically, you loved the name Abigail, yes. didn't you? Yes, called all my dollies Abigail. Every Barbie dolls, yeah. they were all Abigail. Yeah, and I was gonna, yeah, that's right. And I was going to call any child I had Abigail. Well, a girl, presumably. A girl, yes. A girl. Yes. A girl, yes. And so I had children before you, because I know, believe it or not, I'm older than Amy. <laughs> I know that's a shock, that's a shock to you. Um, so I had a girl first. Yeah. And I also loved the name Abigail. Yeah. And, and, and because she'd like basically peed on the name Abigail. Yeah. No know, one could use it. Claimed yeah. her territory. Yeah. I didn't call my daughter Abigail. She then had a daughter. <laughs> didn't even call her Abigail. <laughs> it, even, yeah. It's her middle name. It is a middle name. I actually, I felt like the Lord say it wasn't her name. So there All you right. go. I know. I know. I, do Fine. Still, I still love the name. It means father's joy. Oh, it's lovely, yeah. isn't it? There you go. That's Father's lovely. joy. It's Father's Abigail. joy. So, uh, but yes. four themes. Yes, four themes, going back to that. I mean, there is so much we could unpack. It's amazing. But um, the first thing is character matters for your notes. Uh, we're going to look at the theme of character because we see quite a contrast in the character of the people in this story. Uh, Nabal and Abigail and David 
all show very different character. And so we're going to have a little discussion about that. Um, but should we start with Nabal? Yes. And um, I, think, I think the overriding thing that we want to draw out is that bad character leads to bad choices, essentially. That the reason God cares about character is because yes. bad character leads to bad choices. Alternately, good character leads to good choices. Yes. If we don't deal with our character, I guess we're going to leak everywhere. We're going to make we? bad choices. Yes. So Nabal... Yeah, so he's described as a fool, um, and it's uh, mean and surly. Um, and some of the things that we've picked out here um, is that he's very rude, isn't he? He's very rude to David. Um, and it seems like David um, comes with the posture of blessing, um, which is probably quite a cultural way to greet. Um, and he's really rude uh, in his response to David, as we see. Um, and one of the ways he's rude that I sort of notice is that he pretends that he doesn't know who he is. And actually, David at this point would have been well known. You know, he's writing songs. You know, the, people would have known the songs of David and the wars and the battles that he's fought. And so this was like a major snub that Nabal is like, I don't know who you are, you know. Um, and so it's like this very rude moment in his character that the pride within him can't even acknowledge that he knows who David is, is the first thing that comes up within me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other thing is in Middle Eastern culture, uh, if somebody comes to your household looking for food or sustenance, I mean, it would be rude now to sort of turn somebody away, especially if they'd done you a favor. But in, in Middle Eastern culture, like that was like the, the, the height of rudeness. So he really is snubbing David in, in quite a... And, and what, what's strange is there doesn't seem to be any reason for it other than he is just like rotten to the core. Yeah. We, we, it's hard to understand why else he would respond in that way. It's, it's just pride, it's arrogance, it's rudeness. Um, he's not a nice piece of work. That's what we gather. Yeah. And there's also greed in that, isn't there? Yes. But he comes... I guess David's coming asking for some resource... Um, and he wants to hold tight to his resource. There's a, a greed and a sort of a controlling of the possessions that he has. Again, bad character of not wanting to release anything that he has into David's uh, possession, you know, wanting to give it away. And it's the foresight, I think, that he lacks to realize that his rudeness, his arrogance yeah. could have really devastating consequences. And that's the foolishness of it, isn't it? That yeah. in choosing to be rude and arrogant and greedy, he, he isn't able to see that that then has a knock-on, well, potentially has a knock-on, that would, well, in this situation, yeah. annihilate half his household. So, But it's interesting because actually character matters because this bad character leads ultimately to death. Yes. <laughs> Death of him, you know, Pretty but it dramatic. does, yes, you know, it but, it, yeah. um, but it's true, you know, we were talking about, um, I guess, uh, the uh, living according to the spirit yesterday, weren't we? Uh, another thing we were doing, and actually, um, he's living according to his flesh, which ultimately leads to death. And so actually, um, as we, even we see this in us, you know, gosh, where am I rude and, and, and arrogant and prideful? Ultimately, we need to know that that character leads ultimately to death. Yeah. And then in contrast, we've got Abigail. We've said she's intelligent and beautiful, but some of the other traits that we've, character traits that we've um, brought out as we were looking through the story, she's savvy. Yeah. Like she's switched on. She's alert to what's going on. Yeah. She's God-fearing. You know, in the, 
in this speech, we'll, we'll come to that in a bit, that she, she gives to David. She, she, has, um, she has a faith in God. Like she has a deep respect to God's, for God's authority. Yeah. And she sees that in David, recognizes it, that in him. And in a sense, that gives her the boldness to approach David, which she does later. Uh, she's wise, yeah. like she, yeah. she chooses wisdom in this situation. She's super brave. Yeah. Um, to make the decisions that she makes. She's bold. She's humble. She's respected. Like, it's interesting that the servant knows just instinctively to go to Abigail. Like, there's this major catastrophe there. There's crisis looming over the household, and the servant's first instinct is to go to Abigail. So, clearly, she carries something. She's respected. Even uh, this servant sees the good character already within the contrast between her and her husband. Um, yeah, is massive. I mean, in this culture, this is massive mm. that, that the servant would go straight to Abigail and give the, um, you know, give the, the, all the inside, the, inside. the inside info, yeah. And I, think, and I think the other thing is God clearly is using this story yeah. to hold up Nabal and Abigail to demonstrate the consequence of good character and the consequence of bad character. But he uses a woman to demonstrate good character and a man to, to demonstrate bad character. Now, of course, there are lots of men in the Bible that have great character. So it's not sort of, it, this isn't like an agenda assassination necessarily, but I think it speaks into some of what, as women, we have had to deal with over the centuries where we, when we think about the backdrop of potentially patriarchal, patriarchy at worst, misogyny. In fact, you know, there's this, there was this prayer that Jewish men would pray that essentially said, God, I'm so grateful that I'm not a woman. Like that, that was like a standard prayer that Jewish men would pray, Lord, I am so grateful that I'm not a woman, that you haven't made me a woman. And, and for, for a lot of men at that time, being a woman was synonymous with being weak and, uh, and all, these, all these other negative character traits. And here we see God yeah. in, in the Old Testament, in the context of a patriarchal society, holding up Abigail as an example of good character. Yeah. Let's hold on to that. That is amazing. Yeah. It's hard sometimes as women when we look through the Old Testament and we see these stories and you know, there's polygamy, there's, I mean, all sorts, there's, there's violence against women, there's all sorts going on. And it's easy, I think, to sometimes read the Old Testament and think, God, what is going on there as a woman? And yet here we see God is at work. God is showing us, showing us his heart for women. Yeah. So good character matters. And that's why essentially in the New Testament, we're told we need to invest in our character that actually the fruit of the spirit, when the spirit is at work in us, it manifests in good character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, something, something, self-control. There's a self-control. Got there. Right, whistle stop tour there. <laughs> Very good. So how do we, so should we, let, should we sort of stay around here for a minute? How do, we do then, how do we then cultivate this character? So, so God is highlighting Abigail, um, and we're, what's revealed to us is this amazing character, this God-fearing, beginning of wisdom, you know, this fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, so there's real wisdom there, there's savvy, she knows how to speak to David, all of that. How do we then 
How do we cultivate the boldness, I guess, of Abigail? I want to be bold like Abigail, and we'll sort of hear about that in a minute. But um, what, what do we do? How do we cultivate that, Rach? <laughs> well, it is, it is life in the spirit, isn't it? Something that's very close to your heart, Amy. I've heard the talk many times. I've got the T-shirt. But it is life. It's life in the spirit. That's it. That, that, that's what Galatians 5 is clear about, that if you walk in step with the Spirit, you will produce the good fruit. And this is the hard bit, that if we're not producing the fruit of good character, we're possibly not walking in step with the Spirit in the way that we should be. That's a really hard thing to face up to. And I know for me, there are times, I mean, I've shared plenty of examples of bad character <laughs> stories on this, fights in car parks and terrible parenting. And You've always got a fight I've in the always, car I've always, yeah. I mean, but the truth is, though, it is under pressure that the ca yes, our character true. comes out. And we're seeing this is a pressurized moment. Yes. And I know for me that when I'm stressed yes, or under tension or... I, it, it's then that we really see yeah. what we're made of. Revealing, isn't Revealing. It? And Amy is, she's just awesome, to be honest. Bad character. No, <laughs> no. not at all. Um, not at all. Yeah. So good so character we, matters. Yeah. Oh, I know the other thing we're going to say yeah. is that... Yeah. That, no, no, you go. Yeah, yeah. No, you go. What were you going to say? What was I going to say? What you... I was going to say it's not just, not just that character matters because good character leads to good decisions, but also bad character leads to bad decisions, but also bad character leaks. Yeah. Uh, you know, that if you're not in step with the Spirit, if you're not operating in the fruits of the Spirit character, let's not pretend that this doesn't just affect us, that we leak it out on the people that we manage or we lead or our children or our family or our friends. Yeah. And this is what we see in the bar, like his bad character just leaks. I mean, basically leaks all over the household. Yeah. So it's like having a different um, measure of success, isn't it? Ooh, that actually good. the road to maturity as Christians is looking more like Jesus. And actually we've, we sometimes think success is something else, but actually it's really clear. The fruit of the spirit is character, is, is Jesus. It's looking more like him. And so I feel like some of the things that my husband and I ask each other and in our team is, like, are we... This year, do I look a little bit more like Jesus? You know, am I exhibiting these fruits? That's the success, you know, because you can have all the wonders and all the great, you can see great things, but if you're just still stuck in the same, you know, ways and the character, of, you know, ways of thinking, even the, the sort of character traits that aren't shifting, then I, like you said, we need to really ask ourselves, like, am I plugged into the vine? Am I, am I being, um, am I filled with the spirit? Am I living according to the spirit when the outward might look good, but actually I'm not becoming more like Jesus. I'm still a bit of an idiot in this area. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's the, the measure of success that we need to be a bit careful of as well, especially kingdom is just upside down. Um, it's just so upside down, but we, even we were talking about, uh, John 15 this morning. Um, but he, we didn't cover this, but he goes in. Jesus talks about a pruning process. Tell us about the pruning process, Rach. Yes, tell us about the pruning process. Well, I think, I think the, the point is we're a branch in the vine, but also um, God wants to prune us. That, that's what Jesus says. That Actually, it says in John 15 that 
all the vines that are, that all the branches that are in the vine will get pruned. So if you're in the vine, prepare to be pruned. <laughs> like basically, no one gets away with it because it's in pruning that we become more fruitful. That's what John 15 yeah. says. And I think often I know in my life the pruning is around my character. That you know, am I am I rude? Like there is never an excuse to be rude to someone. Never. That's just not okay. And if I'm if I'm speaking rudely, I need to address that. God, God might want to prune that, you know, in order that there's greater. Am I being prideful in any situation? Maybe God, yes. Yeah. So I think pruning, God wants to prune us of our sin. But I also think sometimes God prunes us through life circumstances by the, the hard things that we experience, like the refining fire. That's what Again, the Bible talks about this refiner's fire, that it's not always, pruning is not always comfortable. It can look quite brutal, but it's always with the mindset of greater fruitfulness. Yeah, maybe that's right, that actually, um, when you were talking about the, the, the character comes out in the pressure, the yes. pruning is sort of like having, being in a pressurized yes. situation. Because I know for me, if I'm in a situation where insecurity comes out or defensiveness comes out, you can sort of be a bit cross with God. It's like, oh, why am I insecure? It's like, actually, it's a mercy because you get to see what needs to be pruned. What comes out with yeah. a little so actually, squeeze. Yeah, yeah, so the pruning process is actually allowing, seeing hard stuff sometimes that sort of reveal character as a bit of a mercy, a bit of a kindness of the Lord. If we accept it, that's the point, isn't it? We either see it as an invitation and a mercy yeah. or we ignore it yeah. and we justify it. Um, you know, we cover it. Yeah. Okay. Theme two is pick your battles. <laughs> and so we see two battles being played out here. Um, or not playing out, being played out is, is the point. So you've got Abigail who essentially prevents David from picking the wrong battle uh, and heading to Nabal's household with the swords. But you also, by contrast, see Abigail choosing to pick the battle and to go against her husband's wishes or implied wishes and, and sort of take on David, essentially. And so I think what we've drawn out of this is there, that we need to be constantly asking the question, for, number one, is this a battle I need to fight? But, but we'll come on to this a moment. How am I, if it is, if this is a battle that God's called me to step into, how am I fighting it? With what weapons am I choosing to fight? Uh, and so I guess the, the first thing is, Amy, how do we discern, how do we discern which battles to fight and which just to walk away from? Well, interesting in, um, it looks like we've pre we haven't prepped these little questions no. for one another. <laughs> yeah. um, but one of the things that, um, that I've noticed reading this scripture, actually, is um, Abigail goes, he goes to David, doesn't he, and says, he actually, she actually reminds him who he is and says, You're, you fight the Lord's battles, sort of like reminding him, oh, yeah, I fight the Lord's battles. And she's saying, this isn't the Lord's battle. This is... This is your battle. This isn't the Lord's battle. Um, and so I think part of it, and then you see the outworking of it, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I, I don't know. I think that um, I think all battles uh, need to be surrendered to the Lord. Um, and I think, I personally think that if you, 
Um, if, you're in, if you're coming up against a, a giant in your life or you're in a battle, I think all of it is submitted to God. Say, Lord, this is, yours, this is your battle to fight. And then he will give you uh, the ability or your part in fighting that with him. Um, and sometimes you just leave it there and actually... You just leave it into the hands of the Lord and he will then deliver how he wants to deliver. But sometimes we have a part to play. I actually think it's like that as opposed to we ever do anything, we ever fight any battle that isn't with him. Does yes. that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. So it's, I was thinking that with Abigail, the scenario could have been that the servant comes to the house and it's like, Abigail, David's coming with his men. They're going to kill us. Yeah. She could have easily thought, I, it's, too, it's, it's too much. Like, I, 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 what have I, I can't possibly take that on. I think that's what I'm getting at, yeah. is that she chooses the battle. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, because she could have easily just thought, great, I'm, I'm off, you know. And actually, David says he's going to kill all the men. So she's all right, in theory. Yeah. So she could have easily just, acted passively yes. or done a runner yeah, yeah. and I think there are sometimes in our lives where maybe battle is too yeah. pejorative do you know what I mean as a word but there are things there are assignments maybe that God gives us yeah. and we can either choose to step into them knowing that they're going to be costly yeah. or we can choose to be passive and do a runner maybe that's what I'm getting maybe it's yes. the word battle it's actually semantics here that it's and the I word think battle. what I totally agree with you I think what I was saying is sometimes we think that it, a battle is ours to fight in our own strength I think. yes and so I think sometimes it's like no actually if we were to give over this thing that we want to break through and actually give it to him he will then give us the ways the assignment to then see it through yes does that make sense and yes. I think it's so easy certainly for me to see something come up in my life and I just want to go fight it in my own ability and my own strength and my own way instead of saying Lord this is coming up I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the way that you're going to fight it in your ways in your abilities does that make sense it does and I was thinking of an example that um I, I've known since my mid-twenties that God was calling me to lead in a church context. And then I discovered that a lot of churches, uh, denominations, etc., don't actually theologically believe that women should lead in church. That was a bit of a surprise to me, actually, um, as naive as that sounds. And so um, for, for a number of years, uh, I would find myself in situations where I might be talking to somebody who holds a different theological view to me around women in leadership and or maybe makes a comment that, to be honest, something that really annoys me is when um, ideology masquerades as theology. So when, when a man or a woman, to be honest, but most, mostly men, I love men, just to be clear, I love men, I love men. I think men are amazing, and I think God has called us to lead in equality and equity together. Anyway, but I think what annoys me is when there's um, an inherent sexism or an misogyny that is actually just using theology to cover it. That annoys me. And so, um, I, because I've, I'm a bit, I've got a bit of fight in me, I used to find that I would pick every battle. So any guy that wanted to have a conversation about whether women should be called to leadership, I'd take it on. 
But right, I'm, I'm your girl. Let's, let's go. And I lost quite a, a few of those battles, it has to be said. And then I remember God started to speak to me, like, pick your battles, Rach. You don't need to take on every battle, every conversation, da-da-da-da. And I can remember being in, I can't remember what it was, and this sweet guy, probably in his 80s, um, came up to me, different generation, and he said um, some, something like, he, he made, but basically the implication was, I was a vicar's wife. And that, I find that phrase a little triggering because, anyway, um, because I'm like, I am not a vicar's wife. I, I, I'm married to a man who's a vicar, but I'm, I'm called to lead. Uh, and so I remember I was about to like take on this 80-year-old sweet man. I was like, do you know what? It's not, I don't need to fight that battle. And so I was like, yeah, I, I love being a vicar's wife. And I said it was such a beaming smile. And I wished him well. Uh, and so I think sometimes, even though God may have placed within us something that carries his heart for justice, we don't need to pick every battle. Um, and then I think the, the other thing to say about the battle thing is the weapons that we choose to fight with. And what we were laughing, because we're like, the, battle, the, the weapons for battle that Abigail chooses, it's like raisin cakes and, and fig buns. I love it because it's so, she, she, she doesn't strap on her sword. She doesn't like gather all the men of the household. She goes alone with her little raisin cakes and a very good speech prepared. And that's how she takes on the battle. And it's sometimes the way we're supposed to fight. This is what you're saying, isn't it? Is that the way we're supposed to fight sometimes is with whatever the equivalent of a raisin cake is. Yeah, because even the, the battle that you, within you, I guess the justice, where you want to fight, you know, where you see injustice. This you know, is wrong. Oh, it's wrong, yeah. And actually, I think what I'm saying is, so for example, my heart breaks for uh, children who are without parents. You know, I, like I, you know, when I'm praying, it's like, ooh. Um, and I could then see that and do everything I can to go and fulfill and fight that that battle, that injustice, when actually that might not be the right thing. I guess that's what I'm saying. And so actually when you see an injustice or you see a battle, it's like, okay, Lord, what are you, what, this is your fight. I mean, he hates it. He wants, yeah. you know, he wants it more, you know, he wants liberation in this area more than we do, right? Anyway, so it's more like actually upside down weapons might be intercession. You know, that actually if we believe in the power of prayer, it's like I'm called now to intercede into this battle because you are going to deliver. Even the women thing that you carry is so that's the Lord's heart. Yeah. And so he's fighting it. So what's our part to play in his battle, yeah, I guess, is part of what I was trying to say. Yeah, reframing the battle. Yeah. Okay, third theme. Yes. So we've got good, good character matters. Um, pick your battles. Third thing is good leadership matters. And what we see here is, is leadership. Abigail is a leader. Whether she was called that or not, I doubt very much she would have ever been given that title in that context, that culture. But she's a leader. She takes decisive action. We're going to draw out some of the qualities of her leadership. David is also a leader. And we see him operating in his leadership strength as well. And so these are some of the things that we've written about Abigail and her leadership. She is approachable. Like even the fact that the servant felt able. I mean, she, he's obviously... Um, 
inferior in the structure of the household. He's inferior to Abigail, but he feels able to approach her in a time of crisis. Like, let's not gloss over that. As leaders, leaders should be approachable. We should, yeah, faith-filled. She has a she has a faith paradigm for what is happening. She's seeing this scenario through the lens of faith in God. I mean, pretty important. Yeah. Uh, she's decisive. It, she acts quickly. She doesn't sort of mess about. Just on that point, actually, yeah, I am... Um... I just felt like for some maybe in the room to hear, maybe you've heard something from the Lord or he's asked you to do something. And what I love about Abigail is that it says she acted quickly. And I think sometimes when we hear a call on our lives or even to step out in obedience, um, it's undermined so fast. And actually, it, just, it was just highlighted to me as we were going through the scripture that she acted quickly. She didn't second guess or think, there's no way, you know, I can be part of this, you know, sort of solving this. She acted quickly before she was undermined. And I just wonder if for some of us, even listening, actually, um, that's a word. Act quickly on the word of the Lord and don't hold, uh, don't hold back. Well, like yesterday, you felt God gave you this okay. sense for this woman. Yeah. And so annoying. We, we just got an Uber. <laughs> so I'm like, the clock's ticking on the Uber. And she's like, I, I've got to go and speak. God's definitely spoken to me for this woman. I've got to. She, she jumps out the Uber. Me and the Uber driver have this awkward. I'm like, yeah, she's just telling this woman about something that God's spoken to her about. She leaps off, shares this word. You know, the woman has a God moment. You acted quickly. You were decisive. God gave you something to do, and you did it. And sometimes that's it's as simple as that, isn't it? Um, she's sacrificial. Um, we'll come on to a bit more of that in the last, the last theme. But she's prepared to, essentially, she, she risks her life. We'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll come on to that a bit more. She's courageous. Again, we'll explore that in this last theme. But she is so courageous. I mean, she, she doesn't tell her husband. Like, that's huge. Like, that is huge. The repercussions of that could have been fatal for her. Or, or, or if, if her husband had decided to get, kick her out of the household, like basically not being married, being an unmarried woman at that time was often the equivalent to destitution. So she is really courageous. She's diplomatic or peace-loving. That might be another, there's the fruit of the spirit at work there. She's peace-loving. She, she decides to approach the battle with diplomacy I mean, I'm going to make a generalization here, but we need women in the mix, don't we? Like diplomacy, peacemaking. I wonder if, yeah, anyway, I'm going to stop there. I might get carried away. Um, and she's authentic. She brings what she has. She has ra these blinking raisin cakes. She has, she's an authentic leader. She doesn't try to put somebody else's armor on or carry somebody else's weapon. She, she brings what she has. Yeah, very good. And then obviously we see David is a very strong leader. And we, threw that, we see that, obviously, throughout um, the scriptures. But what I love about this, uh, which, again, sort of spoke to me, is he changes his mind. You know, he's humble. This is humility for this woman to come with all these cakes, um, with this great speech that convicted him. She's a prophet. Like, she's, she's spoken, and it's convicted him. He knows that she's speaking God's voice here. You know, this is amazing. Um, so let's not, un let's not forget that bit, that she's a spokeswoman <laughs> for God in this situation. Um, and, uh, and so he, 
yeah, he, he, he changes his mind, which is credit to David to be humble enough uh, to listen and to not uh, come in pride, but actually say, do you know, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I'm about to uh, come outside of the Lord's plan here, um, which is great. I mean, it's a, that's great leadership because we don't always want to be told that what we're doing isn't right, do we? <laughs> Very true. Okay, fourth theme as we come into land. That's Amy's phrase, isn't it? So come into land. Um, and essentially, we've called this last theme the foreshadowing of Jesus. Anyone who knows a little bit about theology will know about typology. And typology is when we see um, Jesus in the Old Testament, that there are certain people or symbols that point us towards Jesus. And it's so important that we read the Old Testament through that lens that uh, the, the, the Old Testament is constantly pointing us towards Jesus. And here we have Abigail. You, you should see the reference here. She climbs on a donkey. Ring any bells? Uh, she's on a donkey and she rides this donkey laden with <laughs> the raisin cakes and she rides into this mountain ravine. I just want you to picture the scene because she's riding into this mountain ravine. So we can only assume that there are sort of mountains, like sheer cliffs either side. And David's men are coming down into this ravine. Like there are 400 of them, 200 have stayed back. So 400 of these warrior men. And she's in this ravine, so there's nowhere for her to go. Like, she can't go left or right. She can't go ahead because there's David's men there. She is, like, going into this scenario that could be life and death for her. There is no getting out of it. She has no idea how David's going to respond to her as a woman. On this donkey, I mean, the donkey's not going to help her. Like, this is a really, really bold move for her, but it also points us to Jesus, who rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, who faces the cross and doesn't look to the left or the right. He, he takes on the cross. He's ready to sacrifice. And again, isn't it extraordinary that in the context of the Old Testament, we see Abigail, a woman pointing us to Jesus, the Savior. Let's not rush over that for a moment. And so she risks her life in that moment to save others, to save her household. It's amazing. Mic drop moment there. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's making a way in the wilderness. Making a way she? in the wilderness. Um, yeah, it's, it's so prophetic. Yeah. It's such a prophetic act. Mm. Um, and so she's amazing isn't she? Yeah. Um, and we really need to, I guess, take in God highlighting her and using her in this way. Mm -hmm. um, and he does many, many other women. But to come into, you know, to land again, <laughs> Can't help double yourself. Land. we went up again <laughs> and down. Um, but God uses women. Hallelujah. Praise yeah. the Lord. He uses women to foreshadow Jesus, you know, it's like pff, amazing. So we need to take that with us. That that uh, I guess the yeah the confidence that Jesus wants that God wants to use us. Um, and in this particular story, uses a woman to show us what good character is like, um, and what good leadership is like. 
and ultimately shows us what Jesus is like. Uh, so well done, Abigail. Well done, Abigail. Yes. So, should we say goodbye to our... Should we pray for the people that yeah, might great. be listening? Great. We won't leave them out entirely. Do you want to do that or shall I? Lord, we just pray for anyone who's listening to this. And we pray for anything that the Holy Spirit might be highlighting right now. That rather than just sort of rushing on to the next thing, that we would have a moment just to ask God, is there anything, God, in me, anything in my character that you want to, to prune? Is there anything that you're calling in me into? Is there any battle that I need to lay down? Is there any assignment that I need to pick up? Is there any way that I'm fighting with the wrong weapons? Is there any way that I need to embrace divine weapons that feel so counterintuitive? And so we ask that you speak to us through this story. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and you can join us next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on socials at The Orchard Women to find out more about everything coming up.